Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. As you probably know, if you've listened to our program for any length of time, and also especially in the introduction to our program, we are dedicated here at Light of the East to unity in the church. And we do that by featuring the riches of both lungs of the church, east and west, primarily, of course, the riches of the eastern lung of the church. Eastern lung of the church, of course, means those churches, those Christian churches, which over centuries developed their own venerable ancient traditions and styles and liturgy and spirituality and countries that were located in the eastern part of the world, especially the Middle East, Central Europe, Russia, and the Far East. Now, we have, of course, churches and Christians from both lungs of the church all over the world, but primarily the church developed along two lines, east and west, and most of the eastern churches are, of course, in the eastern part of the world. And our program here, being dedicated to unity in the church, is dedicated to unity in a very comprehensive way, not only just between the two lungs of the church, but even beyond Christianity, to those who are non-Christians, in particular, our Muslim friends. Something interesting happened recently in the news that is relevant to that cause of unity in the church, that cause that we're dedicated to here at Light of the East. In this case, unity that goes beyond just unity between Christians or the two lungs of the church, East and West, but to those that are outside of Christianity. And this recent events, the recent events happened in Turkey. Now, the reason why that is significant is because Turkey is the place of origin of the Byzantine Church. I am a Byzantine Catholic, and Byzantine basically means the church as it developed in that part of what is now today modern-day Turkey and the city of Istanbul that used to be called Byzantium. It was later changed to Constantinople when the Emperor Constantine changed 
the name of the city because he relocated the center of the Roman Empire to Byzantium. This is in the 4th century, and he renamed it after himself, Constantinople. And eventually, Constantine became a Christian. So it was Byzantium, then it was Constantinople, and now it is modern-day Istanbul. So that's the mother, the womb, as it were, of the Byzantine tradition. Think of it as an umbrella, the Byzantine rite is like an umbrella, and underneath that umbrella are different jurisdictions according to culture or ethnicity. For example, I come from what's called the Ruthenian or Rusin culture. There's also Ukrainian Byzantines, Belarusian Byzantines, and so on. There's a number of nationalities or people of certain ethnic origins that follow the Byzantine rite. But it all originated, the Byzantine rite, one of the eastern rites of the church, originated in Byzantium, today modern-day Turkey. And they had a magnificent church. In fact, I would dare say it is the most magnificent church ever wrought by the hand of man. There are many magnificent churches. Certainly St. Peter's in Rome is among the most magnificent. I think it's the largest in the world. But there was a church in Constantinople that was built by the Byzantine Christians. It was called Hagia Sophia, which means holy wisdom. Perhaps you're familiar with it. It's a great, great piece of classic church architecture. It's been around for many, many centuries. And what happened was this church was taken over by Islam in the 15th century, and it was turned into a mosque. And later on, many, many centuries later, up till today, it was then turned into a museum. The interesting thing that happened this week was an action by Muslims in the Turkish city of Istanbul. And I'm going to read that account from a press release. It's from Press TV. It said that the Muslims in Istanbul gathered in front of the world-famous Hagia Sophia Mosque, which has been turned into a museum in the city of Istanbul. And they were demanding prayer rites inside the building and its restoration as a place of Muslim worship. In the name of thousands of our brothers, we demand to be allowed to pray inside the Hagia Sophia Mosque, Salih Turhan, an organizer of the demonstration, said of the towering former Byzantine church which also served as a mosque for more than 450 years before it turned into a museum more than 80 years ago. An imam led a prayer in front of the vast building as people celebrated the anniversary of the Ottoman conquest of Constantinople, the term used to refer to what is currently known as Istanbul during the Roman Byzantine Empire. Let the chains break, open Hagia Sophia, chanted the crowds gathering at the plaza, urging the government to heed public calls for restoration of the place as a mosque. People said the place should serve again as a mosque because the decision to turn into a museum in 1935 was without public's will. Hagia Sophia, which means holy wisdom in Greek, was built in the 6th century. It served as a Christian basilica for more than 900 years before it was converted to a mosque in 1453 AD as a symbol of Ottoman victory over the Byzants, in other words, the Byzantines. It was a mosque for 482 years until the modern secular Turkey was founded on the ruins of the Ottomans. The monument, which is currently on the list of UNESCO, World Heritage Sites, is regarded as a masterpiece of Byzantine architecture. It features an immense and very famous dome supported by huge pillars, while its walls are sheathed with marble and decorated with mosaics. Sultan Mehmet II ordered the addition of four minarets to the structure. 
and its interior was decorated with Islamic art. Since the rise of the ruling Justice and Development Party, AKP, in 2002, advocates of secularism have feared that Hagia Sophia may be transformed back into a mosque. They have mostly called that this to be turned into a church. Demanding Hagia Sophia to be used as a church is as nonsense as claiming Istanbul is not a Turkish city, but a Byzantine city, Turhan said. And that's where the article ends. Now, the reason why this is significant is because, as you heard from some of this history, this church was a Christian church. It was built by Byzantines, Byzantine Christians, magnificent church, covered with iconography, most magnificent mosaics, all kinds of precious stones of many magnificent colors and marble. When you walk in that church, and I still call it a church, even though it's called a museum today, it's still a church. When you walk in there, even before you walk in there, when you see it, it says church. It says Byzantine. It says the magnificence of God. It says the fervor of the once mighty Byzantine church. And then when you walk in there, and I'll tell you a personal experience, I walked into that church of Hagia Sophia. Now, I went, of course, as a priest. It was on one of our Oriental Lumen pilgrimages, which you hear about here on Light of the East, especially by our good friend Jack Fiegel. And we were accompanied by priests, even a patriarch. And in Turkey, you're not allowed to wear clerical garb, no matter what religion you are. So we did not have our collar shirts on, our priestly vestments or riasans and so on. And then you're not allowed to pray in there, at least not visibly or audibly. But it was interesting because I watched, as I was walking in, I watched the priest in my group ahead of me. And as they walked in, they spontaneously did the sign of the cross. And so did I. When you walk in that magnificent edifice, the spirit, of the, I believe, of the Holy Spirit is still there. The spirit of the martyrs, the spirit of the great people like St. John Chrysostom who preached from that cathedral. The spirit of the many, many deacons and priests and bishops that would be involved in the magnificent liturgies there, the cantors, the singing, the choirs, the worshipers, I believe the spirit, the soul of that is still there, somehow mystically still there, to the point where it makes you really feel that you are still in a Christian church, to the point where it makes you spontaneously do a gesture of Christian prayer as we did, the sign of the cross. Even though it was taken over as a mosque, and by the way, it was taken over as a mosque as a, basically it was a spoils of war. It was a symbol of victory. It was what Sultan Mehmet II took as a reward. Basically, it was, a, it was like a trophy. Like, look, look at this. We took over this magnificent Christian church as a sign of our victory over the Christians. So we're going to reward ourselves by taking over this church and turning it into a mosque. So essentially, Islam stole this church from the Christians. And eventually, as I mentioned, many centuries later, it was turned into a museum, partly because the country of Turkey became more secularized. In one sense, this was good, at least as a temporary measure, I believe. Secularism is never good, but as a temporary measure, it may have at least quelled some of the tension between Christians and Muslims. And so the fact that it's a museum today, and Turkey is largely a secular country, at least Christians have access to that church. 
If it becomes a mosque once again, we don't know. If it's we'll no have secret to that not Father Loya and other speakers and from the Tabor Life Institute what they've are been available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics, seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's the Theology of the Body. The other topics include Eastern Christian Islam, spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate team faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to TaborLife at earthlinks.net. That's Tabor, spelled T-A-B-O-R, life at earthlinks.net. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're talking about unity between Christians, especially Eastern Christians, and someday Islam. And the focus of that hope for unity is a recent news item concerning Hagia Sophia, the great Byzantine church, which is now a museum, used to be a mosque. Before I go any further, I just want to remind you, speaking of great art and architecture, I want to remind you that you too can become a great artist. That's right. And I, yours truly, will guide you to that. At Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, where I am a pastor, 
We are conducting what's called the, which is now a very popular event, the wine and art parties. That's where you come and you paint a picture that you get to keep, take home. In the meantime, you enjoy good wine and food and camaraderie and just have a great time. You learn a lot of things because I will teach a lot of things about art. That, of course, is my background. It was my background and my profession before I became a priest. Now I'm both. <laughs> As you can see, if you go to byzantinecatholic.com, you can look at the icons that I painted, the murals in my own church. But I do all kinds of artwork. I was trained in commercial art and fine art and so on. But I also do, of course, iconography. And coming together to do art and enjoy wine and friendship has become a popular event. And so we're holding some of those events at my church. In fact, we're even taking the show on the road. And you'll be learning about that as you listen in here to Light of the East. Upcoming, though, our next one is June 15th. That is a Wednesday, June 15th at 7 o'clock at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. And you can get information or register by going to this email, taborlifeatearthlink.net, taborlifeatearthlink.net. Or you can give us a call, 708 708- 645-0241. That's 708-645-0241. To register for the wine art event, we're going to paint a picture of a prairie scene. In fact, we're calling this the Painted Prairie Studios. Painted Prairie Studios. You get to paint pictures, scenes from the real life award-winning prairie that we have at Annunciation Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And as I mentioned, I will teach a lot of things. A lot of people say to me, oh, Father, and you're probably thinking this now, perhaps some of you, oh, Father, I can't even draw a straight line. And I say, well, that's good because no one can really draw a straight line, <laughs> believe it or not. That's why we artists use instruments to draw straight lines. It's actually easier to draw crooked lines or wavy lines. Don't feel bad if you can't draw a straight line. You shouldn't really be able to, but I'll teach you how to draw all kinds of other lines and even straight lines too. So join us June 15th. That's a Wednesday, 7 o'clock at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. Go to taborlife at earthlink.net or call 708-645-0241. Okay, now back to a great piece of art and architecture that is Hagia Sophia. In other words, Holy Wisdom Church, the great, great church built by the Byzantine Christians way back in the 6th century. As I mentioned, it was a Christian church for 900 years till it was overtaken by Islam when Islam conquered the Byzantine Empire in 1453. They turned into a mosque. Now, recently, it's a museum. And recently, as we mentioned earlier, Muslims were protesting. They wanted to be turned back into a mosque, and they went to pray in there. Okay, now, in one sense, that's good. We like to see religious groups wanting to pray in what they believe is their places of prayer. However, I have to take a little issue, and in the interest of unity, because you can't really have unity in the church unless you have honesty. We have to sit down and be very fraternal, but very honest about things, honest about histories, even honest about the exchange of hurts and apologies, and about moving on, and seeing where we can come to a certain common ground on things, without compromising who we are. Hagia Sophia was built by Byzantine Christians, and used, as I mentioned, as a Christian church for many centuries. It was taken over by Islam. So in a sense, it was, in my mind, stolen. Even though it was justified in their mind because it was a spoil of war or a victory, I mean, you can justify anything. The fact of the matter is, it is not theirs. It is ours. And I believe it should be returned to Christians, Byzantine Christians, 
What a thrill that would be for me as a Byzantine priest to actually attend or even to celebrate or concelebrate divine liturgy in the place where people like John Chrysostom celebrate liturgy and preached, where magnificent services went on that were described in such glorious detail in historical manuals. What a thrill that would be for me personally. And if it was returned to Christians, certainly Christians would open it up to visitors, even Muslims, of course. Anyone would be welcome to come and see, even to attend services. You don't have to become a Christian, but you can attend the services. It would be a magnificent occurrence, and it would be good for the country of Turkey as well, mostly because it would be about being honest, honest to history, honest to people, honest to one another. The article that I read from Press TV, the concluding comment was demanding Hagia Sophia to be used as a church is as nonsense as claiming Istanbul is not a Turkish city, but a Byzantine city. Okay, now there's a difference here. We have to correct this. Byzantium, the city of Byzantine, its name was changed to Constantinople when the center of the Roman Empire was moved by the Emperor Constantine to Byzantium. And then when Islam overtook Byzantium, it changed its name. Now, changing the name of the city because you took it over is not the same as changing the name and the purpose of a church. Because the church was built by Christians for a Christian purpose. And to take it over and to change its purpose, to call it something different, does not really change its original purpose or change what it really is. We don't have the power to do that. At least we should not presume to have the power to do that. So it's not the same comparison. As I mentioned before, I do believe in the interest of unity. Because remember, there is no unity, there is no compassion without honesty. Both sides have to be very, very honest. And in fact, one of the greatest examples of that was in recent history was Pope John Paul II. He went to different countries. He apologized for any wrongs that the Roman Catholic Church did to these other countries, these other churches, especially in the East. He apologized profusely. That is what I mean about being honest. Now, the other side has done harmful things and hurtful things to the Roman Catholic Church. And we have to be honest about that. So I believe in the interest of unity, because there can be real no unity unless there's honesty, that Hagia Sophia should not be turned back into a mosque. Although I do appreciate and I admire the Muslims for demanding that what they think is their mosque be returned to them so they can pray in it. I admire that. But in all truth, Hagia Sophia should be returned to the Christians, particularly the Byzantine Christians who built that magnificent edifice and worshiped in there for centuries and gave to the world the Byzantine spirituality, the Byzantine church as we know it, which spread throughout the world, especially the Middle East, Central Europe, Russia, and then was brought to the United States by ancestors like my own. So in the interest of unity, we must always have honesty, forgiveness, compassion, common ground, but always, always honesty. Now, on the other side of things, something else happened in the same country of Turkey. And this happened by the leader of Turkey, the president. His name is Recep Tayyip Erdogan. And what he did was he spoke 
in a way that if you didn't know better, in fact, I'll read some of his comments. See if you can tell the difference between him, who is a Muslim, and someone like myself, a bishop, another Catholic priest or theologian, or the Pope himself speaking. It's on the topic of birth control and abortion. And this is what he said. And this is what the article says. Again, it's an article from Press TV from May 28, 2016. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has courted new controversy by speaking against contraception and urging women to ensure the country's population growth. I will say it clearly, he said. We need to increase the number of our descendants. In this respect, the first duty belongs to mothers. People talk about birth control, about family planning. In his speech marking the International Women's Day, he said, I know there will be some who will be annoyed, but for me, a woman is above all a mother. You cannot free women from destroying the notion of family. One child means loneliness, two means rivalry, three means balance, and four means abundance. He had earlier said, urging women to have four children. In 2014, he declared engagement in birth control efforts of treason against the country because such policies could risk drying up a whole generation. Of course, there was opposition to that, largely influenced by Western influences. But I have to tip my hat. I have to hand it to this Muslim leader of Turkey. Yes, Islam believes that it must spread its faith through population. Yes, I realize that. But what the President Erdogan said here was, and I hope you notice this, was strikingly Christian, actually in its soul, in its essence. And so I commend him for what he said and how I wish that more people especially clerics, theologians, leaders in the Catholic Church, East and West. I wish they too would speak as boldly and frankly as President Erdogan did of Turkey. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Willcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!